Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Good morning again. Uh, And welcome to you who are joining us online. Really glad that you're watching. Uh, I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. You can grab your Bible in the pew back or you can flip it open in the Bible app, wherever is good. I'll be looking at verse 26 and on. So kind of keep a thumb there. Um, But we're going to read it just all together, and then we'll just get into the text. So um, it says, verse 26, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is God's word. All it takes is a moment And life can change. Sometimes the entire trajectory of your life changes permanently. And sometimes all it takes for your life to change is just a few small words. Will you marry me? I do. I'm pregnant. We are pleased to inform you that you have been accepted. And with these words come feelings, feelings of intense joy and delight, followed by fear, uncertainty. Am I marrying the right person? Will I be a good father? What if I fail? I remember in 2017 when my wife and I first took the call to New Jersey, first call out of seminary, we were ready to go, we were full of excitement, we were looking for apartments in Hoboken, and we had gotten lunch that day at this weird Mexican sushi fusion restaurant, don't ask, (laughs) and we were talking over lunch, and at the time Nissa realized she wanted to be a mom. And all the while, I'm starting a new job as a church planter in a new city, which was in a new state, which was very, very, very far away from where we had grown up. 
And not only that, but we were basically married to, you know, two years at that point, so we were practically newlyweds. You know how it goes. And so uh, Nissa became pregnant, and we were in this new territory. Uh, and I remember meeting with the director of the church planning organization in, in New York, I was working with, and I was expressing in all the things I was feeling, and all the, the, the feelings I was experiencing, and so he parrots them all back, and he says to me, did I get all that right? I said, I nodded. That's a lot of new. He was right. <laughs> it was a lot of new. It was a lot to handle. It was a lot to adjust to. It was a lot to shift with, and that goes to show that even good things can make life a touch overwhelming. There are things you can know about in your head that you will not know in your heart. You won't know the reality of things until it's actually happening, right? Like engagement feels like a really big deal. This is huge. We're going to get married. And then fast forward, you know, several months and you're standing at the altar with your rented men's warehouse tuxedo and you're seeing your bride come down the altar and down toward the altar or toward you and you're going to make a promise before God and before all these people you've invited to watch this happen that you're going to love, have, and hold her till death do you part. And for the ladies, all the plans made because let's be honest, you and your, the moms made all the plans, 98% of them, right? They pale in comparison to that moment when you're actually in the dress and you're actually walking down the aisle. And that is just one of the many, many moments in the years to come that makes you realize that this marriage thing you're getting into is actually a really, really big deal. And it's like that with the kids. You know, the day that you took the second pregnancy test. Yeah? Uh, and it displays that plus sign, and now it's like, for sure, this is for sure, these are going to have a baby. And it feels absolutely exhilarating, and you have your first child, or if maybe this is not the first child, it could in induce panic, depending on the number of kids you have. Um, but, you know, take all the classes that you want, right? Watch all the Instagram reels that you can possibly find about childbirth, child rearing, uh, all the different techniques, all the things you should know about, go to the classes at the hospital that they offer. But when you're in labor... And you're the dad that's kind of present, you know. You're there, you're, you're cheering around. Um, but you, for some reason, get to cut the umbilical cord, which I always kind of found kind of weird, you know. It's, it's sort of cool, but it's also like, why are you giving me these scissors? Um, aren't you trained for this sort of thing? And, an hour after, and hours after labor begins, you're finally holding in your arms this, this human. And you, you knew conceptually there is a human. In my, in my wife, and I'm, I'm going to hold that human one day, and now you're actually doing it, and you've been waiting to meet them. And in that moment, as the two of you are holding in your arms that new baby girl, that new baby boy, you are realizing, holy smokes, I'm the parent. And it's by God's grace that humans age very slowly. Because in the first 10 years of life, you, that child... You're going through radical change. Absolutely radical change. Our lives can change permanently, irreversibly, and completely in moments. In the space of just a few words. And that brings us to the words we heard. 
just a few moments ago. Verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. Lord, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I think it's interesting because Luke says that Mary is greatly troubled at his words. There's an angel from heaven standing in a room. She's troubled at his words. Earlier in the chapter, this same angel visits with her relative Zechariah in the temple. He's ministering there. He's standing right there, and he's, become, he's going to become the father of John the Baptist. And so it says that Gabriel appears to Zechariah, and when Zechariah saw him, the angel, he was startled and gripped by fear. Mary, she wasn't terrified so much by him as she was by his words. And interestingly, at that point in the conversation, not much, not much has been said. Gabriel hadn't really said anything outside of a hello. But what he did say was very good. She's highly favored by God. The Lord is with her. And that's pretty cool. It's cool to hear that from anybody, much less an angel from heaven who stands present in, in the presence of God every single day. But maybe the thing that scared her so much was the fact that this had to mean something. It's just like Uncle Ben with Peter Parker in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Maybe it was that sort of realization, this anticipation. Something else is coming around the corner. And it says that Mary was troubled by his words, and I don't really think that this captures it, what the tra- it's translated here, because the original word is diaterasso. The, wor- the root word of that kind of smush-up word is terrasso, and that could be used to describe a lake when its surface is tur- stirred up. So you think, you know, when it's nice and warm out, you can think about your favorite lake. And you can probably picture in your mind when the winds are blowing and the gusts are blowing on that lake and the gentle ripples resonating in concentric circles evolve into crests and troughs and the sunlight shines down on the water and the ripples catch and refract the sunlight and create this dazzling display of, of twinkles in the light with di- like diamonds. The surface of the water is stirred up. That's terrasso. But there's a prefix on this word, which is dia. That means through or throughout. So that means that this is not an occasional wind or occasional gust upon the surface of the water. Picture instead, this is a windstorm. The sky is dark with heavy clouds. The wind is a relentless force, whipping the ripples into waves that crash into each other, foaming, fierce, and turbulent. The water is churned up. It is a, a thorough churning of water. That's Dia Terrasso. Mary's feeling that. So Gabriel continues, verse 30. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you're to call him Jesus. He will be called great and be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Call it a woman's intuition, but Mary knew that Gabriel wasn't here for some chit-chat. He was here to drop some big news, and he did. 
I almost have been, you have to wonder, you know, it's just the Bible records things so matter-of-factly, and you just wish it had a bit more feeling sometimes, and I think, I wonder, did Mary just ask, uh, I'm sorry, could you repeat that? It's just, you know, there's an angel in my room, and, and that by itself is a lot. Um, and I'm also, I'm going to conceive and give birth to a son who is the son of God. Run that by me one more time, right? And so if she asked Gabe to repeat himself, we don't know. Luke doesn't say. But talk about Diaterasso. This churning, this chaotic feeling inside her. What is this going to mean? And as far as things go, Mary had to deal with the usual threats, right? She'd be, we've maybe you've heard it talked about. There's the various things that could happen. She's having a baby outside of this marriage, and so poor Joseph's going to find out that she's pregnant and he didn't help. And that could lead to all sorts of social shame and embarrassment and possibly even poverty, exclusion from her community, and all that was entirely possible. That was on th those cards were on the table. However, what was not only possible, but guaranteed from God was, I think, something far more terrifying than any of those threats. And the things that were guaranteed was that she, little Mary from Nazareth, the town so small and so insignificant that Luke had to specify where it was by saying that it's in Galilee, by the way, she was going to bear the Son of God. Hmm? The Messiah, the Savior of the world, that this is the moment that all of creation, literally all of creation, had been waiting for, the moment that every human had been waiting for, whether they knew it or not. And just like we sing in O Holy Night, long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. What does it mean to pine? I don't use that word very much. It means to long for, to hunger, to ache, to sigh, to thirst. Ever since Adam and Eve were exiled and expelled from the garden, falling into sin, the biblical hope has been for this very single moment, this one that we're reading right here, the curse on the serpent and the promise to Eve was that her offspring would one day crush his head and he would strike his heel. That was the promise, that was the hope. There is coming a Savior. Every miraculous birth, every deliverance, every angelic visitation, every single moment in the story of God and his people was all in preparation. The promise of a son to Abraham and Sarai, the exodus from Egypt that passes through the Red Sea, the Ten Commandments at Sinai, and every prophet, priest, and king of Israel was all simply just a dress rehearsal for this moment. This angelic visitation, this miracle baby. So the scene is set, all is quiet, and the curtains roll back to reveal Mary of Nazareth and a choice to make. Reflecting on the moment, preacher Fred Buchner wrote these words about it from Gabriel's perspective. He says, she, she struck the angel Gabriel as hardly old enough to have a child at all, let alone this child. 
But he'd been entrusted with a message to give her, and he gave it. He told her what the child was to be named and who he was to be, and something about the mystery that was to come upon her. You mustn't be afraid, Mary, he said. As he said it, he only hoped she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings he himself was trembling with fear, to think that the whole future of creation hung now on the answer of a girl. And what ultimately was Mary's answer? Verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel leaves. That answer has to leave your jaw on the floor. Much has been made in many sermons and many talks about all the threats, all the things we've talked about that. The things that could have happened as a result of this pregnancy. But really all we know is she experienced Dia Terrasso. She was stirred up, churned up. She then asks a clarifying question. How is that going to work? And then her last words to the angel. Let it be. I am God's servant. I think Mary is an absolutely incredible person to take all of this in, this message, this message, full blast, and to take it in stride. I mean, compared to Moses, who spoke with God, the burning bush, that whole episode, Exodus chapter 4, you can look that up. I mean, Moses, he whimpers, he whines, he says and insists, please God, send someone else. If you don't believe me, you can look it up, Exodus 4. You read the whole thing. He's, it literally says that. Please send someone else. But when gentle, humble, amazing Mary from Nazareth is told the promised Savior the whole world has been waiting for from Eve and Adam all the way to her is going to be her son, she says she's here for it. She's ready to go. As Daniel was saying in his talk, you can tell she has peace. Like I said, in a matter of moments and in the space of a few words, life can change irreversibly, unalterably, and completely. And if ever there was a story that shows a, that kind of moment in a way that is so completely relatable, she's going to be a mom. Big deal. And in a way that's so completely unique and stunning, she's going to be God's mom. It's Mary's story right here. She had peace about those words and those moments. And if she had peace about her moments, we can have peace about ours. So when Mary asks how this whole thing is going to play out, Gabriel answers with two things, and I think we can all take them to heart today. So let me encourage you, insert your life-changing words into her own question. She says, how will this be? What's your question? Am I the right person? Are they the right person? Will I succeed? Will I fail? Will I be a good parent? Am I a good parent? And the first answer is verse 35. The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So let me remind you right now that you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in you by virtue of faith in Jesus Christ. 
That is the personal presence, the love, and the power of God who dwells with and in you all the time, 24-7, 365. This same Spirit who overshadowed Mary is the same one who hovered over the waters of the earth before creation and called everything to be. The same one who brought everything, even you, into being. He lives with you so that He can create you to become everything you're meant to be. The father, the spouse, the friend, the child, the whatever. He is the one who is working all things, even crazy, life-altering things, to the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. That's his job. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And he's with you. And I'm confident, like Paul, that he who began this good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will do it. He will. And the second answer builds on the first, verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. The Holy Spirit brings God's words to pass, and no word from God ever fails. Not a one. His promises always come true. And these words of God, these moments with Him, are life changing as well. And I want to tell you some of these words I love you from God. I forgive you. You're not alone. You're mine. Those words from God don't fail. They won't fail. And the Holy Spirit can make those words from God oh so very real for you. These are good answers. And I think there's an additional answer here too because Gabriel says in the beginning that Mary was highly favored. And this is totally from grace. Understand that. Mary is nothing special by the world's standards. She's not necessarily the cream of the crop. There wasn't anything alluring about her that God would say, you know what? She's, she's the absolute, I've been waiting for her. You know, this is the absolute most holy, righteous, perfect person that could ever be. Therefore, I'm going to have my son be born through her. I, I don't think that's what we're getting at here. But even so, God had made her special. Even so, before the foundations of the world, Mary's name was on his mind. Her story was running through his head. He knew that the Son of God, the Savior of the world, would be born through her. And God, therefore, had every confidence that Mary, imperfect though she was, was perfectly capable of carrying the eternal Son of God in her womb and raising him to adulthood. In a manner of speaking, God believed in her. Now, if that ain't a vote of confidence, (laughs) I don't know what is. God trusted her and invited her to join him on his mission to rescue the world. And she said yes. And so in addition to these promises that the Holy Spirit is with you and that no word of God will ever fail, I'd like to add this encouraging word as well, that God believes in you. He chose you to be the spouse, the parent, the student, the employee, the manager, the whatever you are, for such a time as this. So by his grace, by his power, by his help, you 
can do this. So lean on him and give him all the glory for what he's able to accomplish through you. But you're chosen, you're his, you're loved, you're forgiven. Therefore, like Mary, you can have peace. So let's pray. Lord God, our lives can change in moments and in a matter of words. And in the midst of the changes that we face and see and experience, you're there. Thank you, God, that the Holy Spirit overshadows us. Thank you, God, that your word will never fail and that your word will come to pass. Your promises are true. And thank you, God, that you have your, we have your vote of confidence, that you have chosen us. You have, by choice, decided to partner with us to accomplish your will, to accomplish your purpose on this earth. And we are broken. We, we will fail. We will mess up. I'm sure that Mary wasn't a perfect parent. I'm sure that none of us are either. But Lord, I thank you that in a manner of speaking, you believe in us. And you trust us. And you want to be with us and work with us. So Lord, help us to have peace in our situation, to help have peace in our calling. And thank you, Jesus, that you've come to save us when we fall and stumble. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.